He's not there, kid. He was. I saw the engrave. He was coming right for us. There's no one there. He's gone. Whoever it is, you he's gone. You know exactly who it is. Excuse me? Steve Duncan sounds familiar. If you have something you want to say to me, say it. I have nothing I want to say to you. Then why are you here? Would you guys stop it! Henry, what do you know about the engrave? You could have saved them, and you know it. I know you had something to do with it. I know it. I know you did. You left your hat on Emmett like it was a calling card. Your skin was under his nails. You were there, Henry. You were there. You were on the fucking video with Adam and Jason. You were there. Maybe you didn't kill them, but you might as well have. God, Jess, stop! Why are you here? We need to ask you a couple questions. Go away. Please. Henry, please. We, we're desperate. I've seen him. From far away, he looked like anybody else, but I couldn't see his face. It was hidden behind a hood that tipped past his collarbone. He had these long arms sticking out from his sweatshirt, and even though they were skinny, they looked heavy, like he couldn't lift them off the ground. And there were these bandages that were ripped and, and browned and shredded, wrapping them up. I should have been able to see his arms beneath the gods, but I couldn't. There was nothing there. I was looking right at him, but it was as if he didn't exist. Enough. I'll answer your questions, Noah. She needs to leave. Fine. I'm not going anywhere. Jesse. No. Leave. Please. Forget it. Please, I, I need you to leave. Please. Henry Quinn was released from police custody last night due to lack of evidence. The 38-year-old bellman at Burke Hill Inn and Spa is no longer considered a suspect for the murder of high school student Emmett King. The teen's death has the small community in turmoil. With no suspects on the horizon for this case or for the mysterious and chillingly similar death of Bill Jeffries, who was killed while Mr. Quinn was in custody, there is a growing fear amongst residents that a serial killer is on the loose. I'm now joined with Jessica Morrow, girlfriend to beloved and departed Emmett King. Let it be known, for the record, to compare and contrast, and with the two of them separated, I will be asking Jessica the same exact questions that I, moments ago, asked her stalker, Henry Quinn. You do know that I'm the one investigating Emmett's death and the engrave here. This is my story. Jesse, this is your story. It's my story. It's everyone's fucking story. This is Stony Creek. When did you first move to Stony Creek? 2012. And when was the first time you met Jessica Morrow? 
It was at my sister's Halloween parade. At her school last year, he tried to give me his hat. Well, uh, it was a while ago. You said you just moved here. I moved here to watch her, but I met her long ago. So you admit it, you're a stalker. I'm sure Jessica has one story. I have another. Oh, do tell. Henry Quinn was born in Altadena, California. I'm from Seattle, Washington. I regret leaving that city every fucking day of my life. He was an only child to two loving parents. Oh, so... Actually, we just found out that he now has a brother named Jason, or had a brother named Jason. Um, He passed away, so I guess before that, your average Californian family. My father died when I was just a toddler while my mother was pregnant with my brother. They were never married. He left us. We had heard through the rumor mill that he was moving back to Oregon, to Stony Creek, before he died. I suppose he never made it. He went to college at UC Berkeley. That's where he met his wife. You know, they had a happy life. After a few years of traveling around, making some difficult decisions, hard goodbyes and whatnot, I moved back to Seattle and I met my wife at a hospital. She was the nurse tending to my mom while she was being treated for breast cancer, which ultimately got the better of her. I don't remember my dad's death, but I had heard things here and there told that he had gotten so sick that his insides practically ate him alive. I'm sure you know the story of Steve Duncan. Yeah, his insides were all that was left, all that was found. Yes. But Duncan... My mother's surname was Quinn. My brother and I took it after she died to honor her. You heard Henry's wife left him for another man, and it was then when he went postal and moved to Stony Creek. (laughs) Where are you getting your info from, Jess? Google, Facebook, I've looked him up. Okay, how many Henry Quinns were there? What are you saying? One weekend, my wife Emily and I went to visit my brother and his family who were living here in Port Moody. I decided to take the day and do my own thing, something I often like to do. My wife went into the woods. When they found her body the following Tuesday, I moved into my brother's house. He used to tell these stories of this monster living in Finder's Forest, which, as you know, is down the street. A monster? The Engrave. After Emily's death, Jason started going to the forest himself, sometimes with his friend Adam. They had fun with it, but they were also out hunting. His dad, now his sister-in-law. Members of his family died in the same woods, and this was him trying to take control. That's just not how it works, is it? After my brother died, I moved to Stony Creek almost immediately. Vowed to always protect the people I loved. He scares me, Noah. I can feel his eyes on me when I move. Henry followed me around in his little car. He would watch me at the diner eating my breakfast. He would wave when I caught him wave at me. It was slow and it was calculated. He waited outside my school and followed me home. He talked to my teacher once, asking about me, asking if I liked my history class or law or creative writing. He wanted to know me. He would watch my volleyball practice. 
he would sit in the bleachers and he would pretend to be one of the fucking parents and blend right in. And it wasn't just me, Noah. It was Emmett. Emmett was afraid of him too. Henry once cornered him at an ATM demanding that Emmett never speak to me again, never look at me again. He said it was for his own good. He threatened him. And now Emmett is dead. I remember the very first time I saw Henry, let alone met him. It was right before he moved here. I was babysitting at Burke Inn for this couple who was passing through. Their kid, I think her name was Annette. I feel like I'm remembering that right, but she was only like two and a half. Anyway, I was, I was lying on the couch with my back to the window and I was holding her up with my arms outstretched so she was facing the forest and I remember her looking out the window with this tiny little face contorted and concerned and she said, who's that? Out the fucking window. It was Henry. He was standing up the hill, lost amongst the trees, watching us. The first time I hunted him myself was after my brother's memorial. I went through that goddamn forest with a fine-tooth comb. There was probably a part of me that wanted to die, but I couldn't find him. He was nowhere. He was standing right there something in his hand. I don't, I'm sure it was a knife or something. I don't know, but it was long and it dragged behind him. And even if, even if he was just a shadow, it felt like a current rocked through the trees, like a sonic blast. And he was at the center. He was the forest's beating heart. And it was all I could see. I saw her standing in the window looking out. She seemed terrified, frozen. She was holding this little kid who was pointing out towards the distance. I figured the kid had parents, someone watching her at all times, and they would be leaving soon, moving on with their vacation, far away from Stony Creek so I didn't worry about her. He didn't move. He just stood there with his clothes rippling in the wind. I know he saw me notice him, looking at him. She didn't know I was there. I'm not sure if he did either. I couldn't see him, but I knew Jessica could. We were just looking at each other for what felt like a lifetime. I can, I can only assume that's when he became fixated with me. That, that was when it all started. That's when it all started with her. But for Jason... Emmett, Bill, yourself, I don't know. As for my dad, I think the end grave was always there, waiting for somebody to leave. Just this energy, this unbodied demon waiting in the woods. He was the guard to this prison. And it was my father who escaped. Whatever it was, whatever life force, it killed him. I think it became him. I don't know how many people it's killed, or he's killed, but he killed my wife, my brother, and now he was going to kill her. I thought he was going to kill me. You thought who was going to kill you? Henry. I didn't think. I knew it. I knew the Engrave was going to kill her. I'm sorry, who did you think the Engrave was going to kill? 
my daughter. Next time on Stony Creek. My dad was cool. Or at least, I think he was. Everyone's told me so. But then again, everyone also told me that his name was Peter. of Stony Creek was produced by Daniel McKechnie and Mike Pence. You can learn more about the show and its team over at stonycreekpodcast.com. You can also follow our mysterious town on social media through Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Stony Creek Pod. Thank you to our producer, Ali Bernacki. The Stony Creek theme and score was created by the amazing Evan Duffy. Artwork by Jahan Carluin and Helene Carluin runs our website.